welcome to the Boss Up Therapy Podcast. We're your hosts, J and D. Hey. And we're going to talk about everybody's favorite topic today, credit. That is my favorite. Credit, credit cards, everything. So what is credit? Everybody talks about it. Do you know what it is? If you have to go on Google, if you got to go on Google, do it. Okay. I think the most important thing to know about credit is that it's not just a number. It's more than that. It opens doors and opportunities for you. Now, if you don't plan on buying or investing anything in your life, okay, you don't need credit, period. Okay. Now, building credit, one, takes time. Two, it remembers everything that you do. And three, it lives with you forever. So your your personal social security number, that is tied to your credit. And then if you have a business, that's its own, own EIN, okay? Just so you understand that. But now when we're born, we that social you have, that is what your credit is based off. That's the number and then that's it. So knowing that that is the, the, the holy grail to everything, be careful how you keep that number a secret to yourself because like if you share that you're effed already. Okay, so I will talk about how I got my first credit card. So this is one way to do it is for you to be another authorized user on somebody else's card. That is one way to get a credit card. Another way is to apply yourself. Sometimes if let's say you're a student like a college student or something like that, there are like college student credit cards that they can give you at a very low credit card limit of $200, but that's a very good start to build credit. And as you build that credit, and building credit means as you build that trust between you and that company, whether it's Chase, Discover, Bank of America, whatever it is, Amex, they will then increase your credit limit as they trust you. So it's a relationship that you have with these companies. So think of it as you're borrowing money, basically. They're giving you a credit limit of $1,000, you have $1,000 to borrow from them to buy something. But my tidbit is, it's not the kind of relationship where you want to see each other win. It's the kind of relationship where they're leveraging something against you and um, it can hurt you if you fuck with them. You have to strategize and utilize how credit cards are supposed to benefit you. So for example, if let's say your debit card, which is linked to your bank account, you have $500 in there, you should not be swiping on your credit card $1,000 because how would you pay for that? Anything that you swipe on your credit card, the number one rule is that know that you have to pay for that at the end of the month. So essentially what uh, Dee is describing is revolving credit and they like it when you have that because that's how they get paid. You know, that's the other part of the relationship. They give you money and they get interest. And the interest will keep coming and it doesn't stop until the balance is paid in full. Yes, exactly. And a average APR for a credit card is like 29%. That's astoundingly high. Now, if sometimes some credit cards, which are great ones to build credit with, are the ones that are, let's say, 0% APR for 12 to whatever months sometimes they'll have. And those are great ones to start with and build with. But as you use those, also still keep in Mind that after that your that promotional rate is over, you have to pay for that. That is something that you're still responsible for. Know that anything you you swipe on your credit card, you are responsible for, and that minimum payment you're a thousand percent responsible for. And if you miss that payment, that'll go against your credit score. 
But there is a little secret to that, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah, for sure. And I think that knowing that you have to do the research of there's so many credit card companies out there with so many different, let's say, promotional things going on, so many different benefits. Maybe there's travel benefits, there's a cash rewards, all these things. You have to compare what makes more sense for your lifestyle. And if there is a annual fee. So the reason why some credit cards have annual fees is because maybe they benefit you more towards travel or towards maybe you, you have a business and you use it for a lot of expenses. But I would suggest if this is your first time really dealing with credit is to use a card that is 0% um, APR promotional and then it also a zero annual fee just to get yourself a head start and not feel too overwhelmed. So you could get a little bit more comfortable. And but back to what I said about how I got my credit card. I think the most important thing is that when you're an authorized user, you still have to pay for it even even though you're an additional line to whoever is the primary holder it's just an authorized user is just something that gives you that capability of being able to build your credit under somebody and if let's say you don't have anybody that um can do that for you you can also get a secured credit line which basically it's like a debit card but it but it's titled as a credit card so like you'll put in two hundred dollars and then it'll tell you you have two hundred dollars of secured credit to use so you're paying for it in advance and it builds it to a point then you don't have to use a secure, a secure credit line. So there's many ways in, but it all starts somewhere. And speaking of starting somewhere. So if you're doing a lot of research on credit and you're wondering how do they actually calculate these numbers? There's a formula. I'm not going to I'm not going to go over the formula cuz I'm not a mathematician, but I'll tell you guys what they're actually looking at and which has high impact. So your payment history, high impact. Now, the trick I was saying about earlier, although let's say you have a minimum payment, you miss that payment, most credit card companies allow 30 days or more to report to the to the credit bureau. So if you pay within that time frame before they report it, it will not count as a late payment. Now, another high thing is credit card use, like Dee was talking about. Now, having authorized users, being a part of different accounts, and, and ultimately raising your credit limit will help to decrease your credit use percentage. And then derogatory marks. That could be anything like, you know, missed card payment collections, whatever. So those are the highest impacts on your credit score. So doing the right thing by paying on time. And actually, you don't have to pay the full amount for minimum payment. You just have to pay them. That also counts as a payment. Wink, wink. So there's other factors too, like credit age. Some of us are young and beautiful and will be forever and they are haters. So you can't really help that. Um, if you're older, it that works in your advantage. Find somebody around your age, see if they have a credit card they don't use and that can add 20 years to your credit history. Boom, perfect. The total amount, their total amount of accounts is a low impact. So... You can have 100 accounts. You can have three accounts, but they prefer you have, a, I think, more than 10. So get on get on somebody's line. Don't go willy-nilly opening credit cards here and there. But the more credit cards you do have, the better it looks. And then lastly, it's hard inquiries. Those, that's another low impact. Um, and also, don't be afraid to, to have inquiries on your credit report because that just means that you're applying for credit. They want to see that. They want to see that you're somebody who actively applies for credit. That's why the impact is low. Yes. I mean, right now, guys, I'm at six because I'm buying this house. So 
But regardless of that, it didn't impact my credit score. I probably dropped it by a point. So you have to like think about what will actually affect that number, but know why you have the number. Don't just want the number. Know why. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you can have, I think knowing the rules are important. Like you can have, I think one to two inquiries a year or I don't remember how long, but one to two inquiries X amount of time. So knowing that yourself, that you can have at least two, that's okay. Now. Yeah. But now exactly. Now, if you had like 12 inquiries because you're applying to like 70 different types of credit cards for fun, that's not, that's not great for you. And I've done that before when I was younger. I'm still young now, guys. Okay. Relax. We're so young. 20, which was last year. <laughs> okay. Okay. So when I was, when I was way younger, I had, um, I applied to a bunch of credit cards. Yes. You name it. I've got it. Okay. Forever 21, Victoria's Secret, Target, TJ Maxx, all the little things I don't even need. I've applied to them because I was young and I heard the same sales pitch. Oh, get your apply to the credit cards. Now you get 20% off your first purchase etc. That's great if I go all the time. Now, if I don't go there all the time, what was the point? There wasn't a point, right? So you have to know what makes more sense for you. Now, if let's say your lifestyle consists of you constantly building your home or you're a carpenter, you know, you're always at Home Depot. Yes, it makes sense for you to get a credit card there. It really does. Does it make sense for me to go there for one time that I went there? No. But did I have one, a credit card there? Yes, I did. So it didn't make sense. And if you don't use the credit card and it gets inactive, it will get closed. And that's not good for you either. So you have to be able to keep up with your own credit. Now, there are different ways to see your credit report, like Experian that we mostly use. And there's TransUnion, TransUnion and all these, other, all these other ones. And they all have different numbers. They're all very similar. And the reason why they're different is sometimes they um, update and refresh upon every credit card company that you have a uh, credit under at different times. So they're picking up data at different times. So that's why I don't be alarmed. Now, the most important thing that we really were trying to get to is that these getting a having a good credit score allows you to open doors to be able Bingo. to get a loan for whether it's a car, a house, a business loan, student loans, those things open additional doors for you. So that's why you want to have a good credit score because it's saying to them, I pay for what I buy within 30 days as a responsible adult. And therefore, please grant me this loan. So that's the reason why credit is important. It's not because, oh, I'm just trying to get the biggest number. I'm trying to get a 50. Like, no, that's not what that means. It's trying to open doors more for yourself as people who weren't born in money. That's why. So for me, I I already was having great credit when I had bought my first car at the age of 20. And so because I had a great credit, I was able to do that. Now, I got a little cocky about it because then I started going crazy and getting a bunch of credit cards, like I mentioned. And then missing a lot of my payments and then thinking, oh, it's okay. I'm having a bad day. And so when I would be sending letters to these credit bureaus and, and these credit card companies trying to get that, those marks off me, they were like, no, and I don't blame them. Some of them said yes. Some of them said no. It's because I went months without paying. 
and it I I had maybe like an 80 point hit. Like it's it was very crazy. And it was because of my actions, like which is why we went to the first point of saying anything you do is reflected in that score. That score lives with you forever. So it doesn't care about your mental health. It doesn't care about anything you're doing. You need to know that this is something that follows you and that you should be aware of what this looks like. If your relationship, okay? <laughs> yeah, okay? tell them if about your relationship it. and this credit score. We're going to get a little deep here, okay? About my business, okay? So my relationship, every year as I was in this relationship, my credit score kept getting lower because I didn't have money to pay against these credit cards because I had like 50 credit cards open and I was swiping it up because I thought this would benefit my relationship. It didn't. Okay. So there's a, (laughs) there's a big summary there and it didn't, and it would keep decreasing. And that goes to show you what am I really doing right now? Like how is this is clearly showing that this relationship is deteriorating my credit based upon my own actions. So your credit score really goes to show you where your financial health is. That's the word. And sometimes your emotional health. And also another tidbit is when you do apply for things like a house um, or I guess let's just say loans, they do actually not just look at the number. They look at your history, the whole overall history. So that's why that story is important. They're looking at the history of you as a person. Yet everything you did, everything you did, they could see all the ups, the downs, the roller coasters in there. They see it. So that's why it's important to just start off with a good baseline and try to keep that as consistent as you can without all these external factors. Yes. And also being aware is number one. If you make a mistake and you forget your payment, just pay it and then call them and ask. Because sometimes they have put down, I missed a payment when I paid on the exact date of the due date. And then I learned, okay, maybe I should be paying it a couple days before the due date. Right? So sometimes like they're not refreshing their system fast enough. And they, let's say, put it in a, a fee, a late fee. And I would tell them, hey, please remove the late fee. It actually wasn't late. I paid the full balance on the exact due date. And they would just give me back that credit. So sometimes you have to call and ask. I know it may be tedious to pick up the phone and call and ask. But a lot of the times, honestly, that works. They like the old-fashioned call and ask. They like the old-fashioned mail and fax it. This is where we're at still sometimes. It is what it is. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do for your credit. Okay, so building credit, right? So let's say you don't have a good credit and you really need a loan. Sometimes what happens is a lot of times you'll get letters in your mail or in your email talking about, I can give you this loan without checking your credit. And then the the interest rate is like 40%. Please sit down and do the math. Because if let's say you think you can pay that back within the next month or so, fine. But if you're going to take a whole while to pay it back, just know how much you're actually losing. So things like that get tempting, especially for people who just begin building credit. Look at what the interest rate is. 
sit down and actually calculate the interest rate and how this is affecting you monthly. Like, like Jay mentioned, revolving credit. Like that's a serious thing. And so really sit down and do the math. Sometimes like all these companies really bank on the fact that you don't have enough knowledge. So be very cautious of that. That's true. I mean, just do the math. Let's say you needed a thousand dollars, 40%. That's $400. That's almost one and a half. Yeah. Is that, is that worth the extra interest rate? I mean, if it's like a, Right. Ask yourself, what do you actually need that for? Is it to pay for some sort of like emergency surgery? Like then, okay, yes. But like you need to ask, so what is this for? So I think that that is really important. And then also know that whenever you're buying a car or buying a house, the way they run your credit, it's sometimes the score that they get is not the exact score that you see on your credit karma or your experience. So just know that too, because sometimes that you might be like, why is that so different? Everybody uses a different system to run the credit. But if you know you're doing what you need to do, you have good credit. And I'll and I'll second that. When I when they ran the loan for the house I'm buying now, three credit numbers came up. Not just one number, three different numbers came up. So keep that in mind. Three different boroughs. Yeah, and a lot of things that we didn't really learn until we got got really into it is when, let's say, I was at a store and I was buying something for that guy. (laughs) And they were asking me, hey, do you want to raise your credit limit? We can request for a credit limit increase to buy this for you. And I'm, I'm thinking, no, that doesn't make any sense because that's an inquiry. Do I want that inquiry? Mind you, my mind wasn't thinking about this relationship is toxic, but I was at least thinking of the part. <laughs> I was thinking the part of <laughs> this is an inquiry. Never, never forcibly increase your credit limit unless the credit card company does it themselves. Unless they just give it to you and say, hey, see, you see that you've been doing awesome. Want to increase your limit to da da da. Let them. Right. Or if let's say they give you a credit limit that's extremely high and it's super unnecessary based upon your lifestyle, you can also say, no, thank you. Everything is up to you, but never forcibly ask someone at that store or who's offering to just call for you. That doesn't, no, do not do it. Do not do it. Yeah, I think, Jay, you had one time where you had like an enormous credit increase, right? And it just didn't make any sense. Yeah, so that's when I was really young. So I want to say... The regular credit limit was 9000 and they randomly increased it to 20000 overnight. So you can imagine me being 18 thinking, oh, look at me. I got 11 more. Like, what? No. No, you don't. You don't make that much. No, you don't have it. So a lot of them, they're... They want you to use that money because it pays them back in the end. It's not the kind of relationship where they are looking out for you, really. They just need to make a profit, and that's how they do it. So you should always use caution when you see something like that where your credit limit increases overnight, literally, maybe even doubles. That's kind of a red flag because perhaps the the metrics are saying, this person will likely spend that 11000 and we will make this much off of this person. So always keep that in mind. Those minimum payments that you have to pay 
if you just set it as automatic, it'll already put you uh, way ahead because you're never going to have a late payment. Now, however, you're still responsible to checking each one. Like I've mentioned in the past podcast, like I have the Mint app where I can see each credit card. I log into all of them and I can see my balance for each one every second of every day as they update, as I swipe, it'll show up there so that I know how much I'm spending on each card. But you yourself need to hold yourself responsible for that because they're not going to be okay with, oh yeah, I forgot for two, the last four months, I forgot. They don't care. They don't care if you lost your debt. They don't care. You know, all those uh, terms and agreements, read them. Yes, it's actually really good to read them. It is. And I think that another tip to really understand is when you pick a credit card, please, like, as you mentioned, pick one that suits you because you know, like, there's sometimes there's cash rewards and you might, that might sound fantastic, right? But they all have that. Every card now has rewards. So you have to actually read, like we mentioned, what the actual benefits are depending on if you're looking for it for business, for travel, for everyday use, for groceries, things like that. And sometimes the rewards actually make more sense to get it in gift cards if they have like some sort of like discount versus getting it as cash back. Mm -hmm. So you have to see like the differences with that. And then also now closing credit cards. Never voluntarily close a credit card if it's going to mess up with your usage or credit utilization amount is going to decrease, which makes you look like you have less available credit in general. Also, another big impact was credit age. That will affect your credit age because when you close the account, now it looks like you're a baby. You really haven't had credit. Let's say that was your oldest account. That account had 10 years on it. Now all your other accounts have a few months. That will, that's a big impact to your score. So be careful. You do not want to play yourself with that. Like a hundred percent, because for example, my oldest card is my city card that I never use, but to keep it active, I use it once a year on like literally anything, maybe gas or something once a year, just so I make sure it's active and it doesn't close itself because that card is the oldest card I have. So that's very essential because like I said, building credit takes time and it remembers everything you do. So don't get rid of the hard work that you've done to build your credit worthiness. Hey guys, so the key takeaways in today's episode on building credit is one, knowing what you're building credit for. The credit score is not just a number. It's something that lives with you and that allows you to open up doors to whether you want to buy a house, a car, property, literally anything like that. It is something that you have to build on as you start from whatever age it is that you get your first credit card. And there are a lot of things that people may trick you about, like where it's like they're telling you, Get this card, that ca- get that card. Make sure you get the card that fits your lifestyle. Yeah, so the my key takeaways are understand how different factors affect your credit report and the number. The credit usage, your payment history, and your credit age. Just remember those three big things and you'll be okay in life. Because without those three things, your credit will not look too good. And then that can obviously prevent delays in your life and keep you stuck. Yep. And I think the most important key takeaway is knowing that you are responsible for building your credit and for paying off your credit card. And so know what your limitations are. The credit card limit isn't telling you you have to spend the whole amount. Trust me, it looks like that. It looks like, hey, I have 7K to spend. I must spend 7K. No, 
Now, if you need to, for some specific reason, go for it. But however, know that the best rule of thumb you can look at is look at your debit card. How much money do you have in your debit card? If you have only, let's say, $700 in your debit card, I'm sure you could only spend about $700 in your credit card, on your credit card, because you have to pay that off within the 30 days. So I think that's the best rule of thumb to start with and then to be able to go from there. I think do not get yourself caught in a loop. That will foster healthy, healthy spending habits as you get older. And it'll ultimately help with uh, maintaining a, a better credit score for yourself, which can then be improved upon later. Yes. And I think that we, Jay and I have learned so much about building credit because we both came from immigrant homes or are immigrants. So we know what it's like to not know what's going on. Everything looks exciting. Oh, I get to swipe for it and then I get it right away. So we know what it's like to literally know nothing and then learn as we go. So these things that we're telling you, if you already know them, you're on the right track. And if you learn something new, that's amazing. Just know that these tips are just here to help you and guide you and to know that these are some things that we've learned and also have made mistakes about. I have made a lot more mistakes than Jay, but I'm here. (laughs) I've made it. Yeah, guys, watch out for watch out for your little boo, okay? Your little boyfriend, your little boo thing. If your relationship there. and your okay. credit score is going down the same direction. No, no, no. If the amount of time you spend increases and your credit score is decreasing, something ain't right. Exactly. What is that called in, in math? It's called... Inverse parallels. No. No, it's called like linear relations. Something about relationships, like the correlation no i think it's really called inverse it's not called inverse i thought you know that you know when it's like you have the scatter plot and then you do the relationship between the two things what is that shit called no you know the scatter plot with the relationship (laughs) you draw the line on it oh i got i told you it's called linear correlation linear of relationship regression scatter plot correlation linear regression Look, okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, listen. A scatter diagram is an extremely simple statistical tool used to show a relationship Ooh. between two variables. So the two variables is your credit score and your relationship. Mm. Okay? Now, if they're both heading down south, as you, like you said, Jay, you're increasing your time together, but your credit score is lowering, yes. you need to reevaluate. Why are you having unhealthy financial habits as you guys are supposed to be building a life together. You're building your life into poverty. You're both on the street together. What's up? That's not what we want for you. We want you to be a boss, babe. Money does not buy a man, okay? I know y'all didn't need to know that, but I did, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I survived, you guys. Thanks for listening to the Boss Up Therapy podcast. We would love it if you would be able to drop a review if this episode helped you in any way. And if you would like to submit any questions for us to answer in our next episode, please submit to bossuptherapy at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And as always, babe, we are rooting for you. We want to see you win and we want to see you boss up. And if we can do it, so can you. Follow us and stay tuned for our next episode as we continue the journey together. Of course, here's the lingo language.
This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Our purpose is to share our own personal experiences as a guide to self-improvement. Anything said should not be taken as replacement for medical, clinical, professional advice of a trained and licensed therapist, coach, specialist, doctor, or health professional. The intention of this podcast is not to establish any therapist-patient relationship to replace any of your current services. If you take any action or inaction as a result of any of the content you consume on the podcast, this is based solely on your decision and our podcast cannot be held liable for any of the consequences of such action or inaction. As always, we recommend you speak to your own personal therapist or seek a health professional. 